I need you to say you're listening to the West End Frame Show, and I think you should shake it up from last time. You're listening to the West End Frame Show, Ryan. That's okay. What about work. no ASMR? Is it, why not? ASMR's real. Can you can you sing it? I'm a creative now, Andrew. No, sing it. Okay. Why don't you give me like uh, a genre and like a mood? So the emotion is, um, you're being reunited with a long lost friend who you love. Okay. And the genre is like a power, like a big ballad. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. You're listening to the West End Frame Show. Oh my God! I can't believe you did it. Yes! Hello and welcome to a brand new series of the West End Frame Show. It feels like we have been away forever, but it also feels like the right time to be back. So I'm very happy to be here. I'm your host, a West End Frame editor, Andrew Tomlins. And as this week marks nine years since the birth of West End Frame, (gasps) I knew I needed a very special co-host by my side. As an actor, he has been seen on stage in Motown at the Shaftesbury Theatre, The Boyfriend at the Menio Chocolate Factory, and The World Goes Round at the Barn Theatre. He is the creative producer of Riker Productions, where his projects include Refresh. He's the creative director for Turn Up London and is creative director of digital projects for the Barn Theatre, where his latest project is The Secret Society of Leading Ladies. He is a returning co-host, so I'm very excited to have him back. Welcome to the West End Frame Show, Ryan Carter! (gasps) Thank you. I have two things. I have two notes from your intro just then. Not notes, that's the wrong word. No, it's not my god. Last time I I said you were starring in The Boy in a Dress. (laughs) (laughs) No, just two things. Okay, the first one. If West End Frame is nine years old, how old are you? (laughs) Because I was like... Me nine years ago was not articulate enough to start any kind of blog. How I've been old was doing I? this almost yeah, no. ten years. I'm in my um, I'm in my mid twenties, late mid mid to late twenties. I've been saying that for probably ten years. Not mid to late twenties. What do you mean? I'm not in my thirties. Well, I didn't think you were in your thirties. But like, are you actually in your mid to late thirties, or are you actually like twenty seven? Mid to late thirties, you know. I'm in mid to late twenties. <laughs> I'm yeah, no, I'm in my, I'm in my, I, I think I can still say I'm in my mid twenties, yeah. Because I've been saying I'm middle aged. <laughs> I did start. And I'm I did start West End Frey when I was still finishing my studies. That one is day, one day. I'll we'll go about. into it. One day we'll yeah. go into it. Um, you need to do it in the frame with yourself. Well, uh, many Wait, that's people, such a good idea. People have, you're not the first person to have that idea. Oh, maybe, okay. But one Great. day, maybe. <laughs> I think maybe for 10 years, I'll do it in the frame. You could do it in the frame and have like the guests ask you the questions. That'd yeah. Someone else would need to, inter- I wouldn't just sit there for myself, by myself talking for that. But anyway, this isn't about me. This is about you. How oh, no, are no, you? Another thing is, my CV has had such a glow up since our last one. <laughs> As you were talking, I was like, Wow. <laughs> That's uh, that's a that's a different CV. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's true because now you really do you can you, you're you're a creative. Yeah, yeah. 
that's your primary thing yeah Yeah. that's well that's also really exciting i missed out a lot of stuff as well i didn't mention all the concerts that you produce obviously i came to emma hatton's one which was wonderful but yeah you have lots going on and you've had a it's been a everyone i've been talking to especially in the frames i've been doing i've been looking at the projects they've done i've said gosh you've had a year of extreme highs and extreme lows and i imagine it's the same for you because you've had these, you know, turn up London. What a massive moment was that, you know, that was. And then doing your job at the Barn Theatre, you know, performing onto that gazebo that almost blew away when I came to watch it. Not gazebo? <laughs> no, I'm joking. The World Goes Round was a really excellent show, really lovely material. And then also to now be doing Secret Society and have this new role with the Barn. I mean, literally a year of like extreme highs and extreme lows. Yeah, it's it's very much been a case of like, oh, here's something that's become apparent. Like, here's something that's become available to me. Uh, let's just roll with it. Like, since since March last year, since lockdown, it's just very much like anything that's come my way, I've been like, am I equipped to do that? Yes, I am. Let's just go for it. Because even, even with World Goes Round, if someone said, like, hey, do you want to do a candle and Ep song cycle, like, three years ago, I'd have been like, me? No. But I loved it. Literally my favourite job I've ever had. Really? Your favourite job? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, like literally my favourite. Like gutted. It's a, it's the first time I've left a contract being like gutted that it's over. Every other one, I've, my suitcase has been packed by the interval. <laughs> but with um, with that one, no, not no. Hey, listen, contracts are long. I was in Motown for over two years. Yeah, you know. that's the that's the most I've committed to anything in my life, ever. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope that the world goes round does come back. I hope we get to see it again. Um. Let's talk about the secret society of leading ladies because there is so much hype about it right now. Everyone is so excited and I feel super lucky because I got to watch it over the weekend. And I told you, I watched it twice back to back. We're going to discuss the ins and the outs of the actual show later. We do some show talk. But tell me about how this project was born. How did you give birth to it? Um, I gave birth to it when, so, I mean, ultimately it's going to sound really boring, but like, obviously my job, like I work for the barn now, so it's like my job and we were talking about stuff to produce and stuff to make. And it was like, ah, we need a musical theater concert because everyone was doing them. Everyone was doing a digital concert. So they were like, oh, we need like a musical theater concert, just a standard, like just really standard, easy to do. And I was like, okay. Let, leave that with me. I said, leave that with me. Easy to do and Ryan Carter do not, are, are two Very sentences that. that do not match. Well, yeah. they. I think my boss was literally like, literally like all the other ones, like we just need something just like that. And I was like, yeah, 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 leave it with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I came back like the next day and I was like, right, I see your Park and Bark concert and I raise you an interactive tutor and adventure concert. And they were like, cool. This is the thing. The barn are very good with being like, ah, cool. Like run with it. Working out the logistics was probably the hardest bit. But then as soon as that was done, it was like, there's no reason why this isn't doable. And honestly, probably just as easy to mount as as the alternative that was originally suggested. Just took well, Anyone who doesn't know, let's explain, it's an, it's an interactive concert. And yeah, she's interactive. you, as the audience member, are in control. So you get given these kind of, uh, what do you call them? You get these selection screens for each number, choice screens, and you get to choose which number to watch. But it's not just a concert because they're all kind of these characters and they interact with each other. So based on the 
combination that you choose, you see these different scenes between these different characters and these different songs. So everyone gets their own kind of unique experience. But what's great is that you can buy this bundle ticket so you can watch it multiple times. Because what I did, I told you, as soon as we watched it the first time, we refreshed and we watched it again straight away uh, to see a different combination because we were you know we were there we were in the zone we wanted to watch more yeah i mean that's it that's exactly what it is it's like interactive uh very kind of bandersnatch-esque um and but it is still definitely a musical theater concert it's the first one of its kind so who knows like maybe later down the line it might be like a fully fledged story musical with more things but at the moment this is a musical theatre concert that's just been elevated slightly with some little bit of story and the ability to choose who sings for you, which I think is fun. And I know you were obviously working very hard and had lots to do. I'm sure you were under lots of pressure and time constraints. But what was it like to sit in that room and to have these amazing, top-notch, talented, wonderful humans sing the recording you mean yeah when you were recording I thought you were about you... to ask me about the edit i was gonna say no 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 no, 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 no. the <laughs> recording was joyous like literally you got joyous. to have people singing in your face yeah and also because of miss pandemica uh we only recorded three people a day so you know normally if someone said yeah you need to shoot 14 solo songs i've been like i can do that in two days max like easy um whereas you know we needed to make sure there was time for people to get in for them to cross over with each other to wipe down all the equipment to clean all the dressing rooms yada 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 um so we recorded over the course of six days so we only had like three people a day which just meant that it was really chill and fun and we could go and get food whenever we needed it and we were (laughs) shooting at the union and so it was easy to get it it was joyous like the recording was just so much fun Mm, incredible okay we're gonna we're gonna talk lots more about it in a sec and we've got lots of things to talk about coming up on today's episode we are going to be discussing the color purple lots more about the secret society of leading ladies and the theater channel as well as all the latest news about sister act brooklyn and fiverr plus i'll be chatting lots more with the amazing ryan carter Okay, time for some theatre news. And the Sister Act news this week, I mean, that was a yikes, wasn't it? What? It was a yikes, but was it a shock? Well, let's 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 go into it. So I want to know with your producer's hat on what you make of it. So due to ongoing coronavirus restrictions, Sister Act's London run at the event in Apollo has been postponed to 2022. Starring Whippy Goldberg, the production was originally due to open in 2020. It was then postponed to 2021. However, the latest date change means that Whoopi is no longer able to star in the production. That's the bit that got me yikes up. Um, and producer Jamie Wilson said they are in the process of putting together a star-studded cast. So we feel producers hat on, Ryan. What are your thoughts? Um, that it was inevitable, unfortunately. I mean, I think the logistics of bringing over Whippy Goldberg was was a stretch like when I first saw it I went that's a stretch like that's amazing but a stretch and even if it had opened as as per schedule like I imagine that there would have been cases where like maybe she didn't do the performance people I just things like that I feel like are the audience is so in it for the star that like you're bound to have some kind of fallout if it doesn't go exactly the way you planned it. And as soon as um Miss Pandemica came into this situation it was never going to be a straightforward situation even like 
the whoopee dates might have like shifted or maybe she wouldn't have been able to do as many as she thought like and the audience would have gone mad regardless so i think the fact that they're like right we're pushing it back and also whoopee's no longer involved i think at least expectation management can now almost be resolved and i'm sure they'll book they'll book a star to replace her that is maybe easier to acquire um because i love sister act sister act yeah. is a great show and of course Whoopi's and i would have one of the producers she's very heavily involved yeah. so she yeah it's, it's important to her that she gets someone else in, good involved so that she can make all the money from the production as a producer like it's, yeah, no, it's exactly. a big and i mean for her to be involved in the pulling out of it i feel like Obviously, there were probably forces at play that we're not aware of, but like I'm sure it was not an easy decision, but probably the best one. Well, it might just be scheduling as well because she's shooting she's Sister Act three. She has yeah. obviously she hosts a talk show in the state. She has all sorts of things going on, so the, the dates changing constantly. It's not as it's not just an easy thing. It's not like our diaries. We're like, yeah, we're free in 2022. <laughs> Whoopi's <Yeah>. booked. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not like she could just come over and do, like, a day. Or, like, yeah. just do, like, a week. And she hates flying. She's terrified of flying. I remember that was a big thing when she came to do Mother Superior in the West End. She Flying was a big deal for her. And Drembo, when she did Mother Superior for two weeks, the first time it was really sad. Her, I think her mother passed away. And she had to and she leave there. and fly back. Yeah, and cut her two-week run short. And she came back again to do another run later on. But it was all a big deal for her because of the whole flying thing. So terrifying for her. Um, but I just remember when this was announced back in 2019, I feel like it was when we just started the podcast, I one of the first things we spoke about, um, the, the prices of the tickets were extraordinary. I mean, there were, I mean, there were hundreds, but if you go onto unofficial websites, I mean, there's some, some are selling it with like, you know, massive booking fees. So tickets were up 400 pounds or something. It was even more, maybe it was absolutely one of the most expensive things I've ever seen. It's problematic for a lack of a better word. Yeah. Well, and they were paying that money for Whoopi as well. Mm. There's not a case of, I mean, and when it is that much money, it, it's not the same case of, you know, the, the, the conversation that we have with West End Theatre, I mean, that is mega money for a mega star. So I can understand why some of those people would want their money back. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully they rebook when it's a bit cheaper. Like, hopefully the fact that it's no longer whippy means the tickets aren't literally the price of my rent. And... <laughs> maybe like these people go, oh you know what like yeah i was gonna spend like 800 pounds for whoopee but like i'd happily spend 80 for this equally talented trained star that probably can also do the same job like hopefully these people will still book yeah and absolutely. have some spare money make a, make a weekend amazing. out of it it's an amazing amazing show i'm so happy that it's coming back and i cannot wait to see who they cast in all of the roles and hopefully i'll be able to afford to go <laughs> listen you're best in frame you get those press night tickets <laughs> let's talk about brooklyn another, another show that's that's coming back brooklyn was a show that hadn't been seen in london for ages and we got production of it a couple of years ago at greenwich theater and now lambert jackson productions are producing a new digital production of brooklyn the musical which sees a group of street performers tell a plethora of tales about an assortment of characters basically the storyline's very confusing but the music is great um it's been filmed at the ugly duck space and will be available online between the 22nd of march and the 4th of april one of your leading ladies emma kingston will start as brooklyn and belt out once upon a time i i'm gonna be beside myself because she is have you seen the show phenomenal have i seen brooklyn yeah i saw it at the greenwich theater because when so it was hebert in yes. Greenwich, wasn't it? when 
she started singing Once Upon a Time about eight minutes into the show. I said, eh? I thought it was the finale. The I way know. that song ends, I said, there's no way that this is the opening I want number. It is. I know, I can't believe it's, it's like, first solo. like the Wizards and I. Yeah, I can't believe how early that song comes into it, the song that we all know. And that was all I knew about it. What did you did you like Brooklyn or did you find it a bit confusing? Um I liked Brooklyn. Like I did. My issue with that production was that like I think the branding was very much like calling it oh sorry, am I about to pop up? No, no. Not, not go, really. no, go go for it. Um <laughs> The branding was very much like this is a fairy tale. So the audience I was sat in was full of children, like full of children. And the themes of that show aren't really for children. So I was like, no. oh, there's. So it made me a bit uncomfortable because like also, you know, no spoilers or anything. But in Act 2, in Act two there's some themes of drugs and stuff. And, it's, you know, there's just a lot. And I was just like, oh, these people thought she was about to sing Let It Go. So that was that was it for me. But like the production was good and the cast was very, very good. The cast are very good. I, I love the music, but I don't know if I love like the sh- the sh- the sh- I don't know if I can't I don't remember well enough the story to remember I don't know if I don't know if I knew what was going on at all at all times but I imagine it will work really well over screen I think yeah. this might be one which actually is probably a bit better and easier to understand yeah 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 because also Ugly Duck is beautiful but can we speak about the temperature of that building like I <laughs> Ugly Duck has no heaters it's a beautiful space it's where they used to shoot like Dragon's Den and stuff way back in the day and where I actually was shooting audition sessions in. <laughs> 2015 so like i've been i'm familiar with that building it's cold it's cold like freezing so when they're belting their top notes please know that they are also probably belting it in like oh yeah i did see actually that marisha said something about how they were recording in minus four degrees it's like imagine like a huge beautiful warehouse with no electricity in it and some light like some lights but like no heaters no insulation stunning the shots look stunning the trailer looks beautiful and i was like absolutely probably worth it but then i just as soon as i saw that that's where they shot i was like never could you catch me singing anything mildly difficult in that building but then never can you catch me singing anything difficult anymore period so yeah that's why they're the stars in it that's why they do what they do so we've got we've got sedgel kashwala we've got newton matthews jamie moscato and marisha wallace so i mean you can't go wrong with these guys Strong group, really sure. strong, really strong. Um, in other news, new musical Fiverr by our friend Alex James Ellison is finally releasing a cast album, and I'm so ready for it. After watching the streamed the streamed concert last year, I was like, I need that album ASAP. So I'm very happy that's happening. Six has extended its socially distanced run at the Lyric Theatre to August. New musical Venara will have its world premiere at the Hackney Empire in October, ahead of a 2022 UK tour. And the 21st annual Watson Stage Awards will be streamed online from the Turbine Theatre on Sunday, the 14th of March. In a second, it's time for some show talk. But Ryan, do you are you? A, what's the stagiest piece of merch you own? Do you own anything stagey? Um, probably my Motown hoodies because they have my name on it. Uh, like that's pretty stage, isn't it? Do you never? If you like love a show, you go to the merch stand and buy a sneaky t-shirt or something. If I will, if I like the t-shirt, like if it's a well-designed t-shirt and it's not super, like if it's like, oh, I know what that is because I know what theatre is. If it obviously, like you know basically no but my brother collects like hats caps he collects all of the caps from all of the shows so on his wall he's got like them all and my favorite one is the company one because it says does anybody still wear a hat 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. I have really a company fun. mug. I actually got that for my birthday. And it says, um, I'll drink to that. The company, listen, the whole company recent experience was very well done, wasn't it? But yeah. Basically, no, I don't have any stadium merch. I don't, I'm funny, I don't buy merch from the West End ever, I don't think. I bought a Hamilton hoodie, but I think that's it. Um, but when I go to Broadway, when, when that was a thing, I always used to buy t-shirts from my favourite shows. So the theatre shop the other week sent me a little box of theatre merch, look, including this. Jealous. I got <gasps> that's one of my favorite shows that a little Trouble Forest t-shirt which I've been wearing in bed and love and then I got like an Annie ring I got a, a cuddly toy and yeah I I'm so obsessed and so here for it because I need I need some stagey things sometimes so big thank you to the theater shop for for sending that I guess that's also a really smart like thing to do because all the theaters like what are they doing with their merch literally yeah nothing. and smart. also you think when shows close and then they still have spare, spare merch. Because on Broadway, yeah. there are quite a lot of shops when you walk around that you can go in and you can buy merch from shows that have closed and stuff, which is quite cool. That's nice. But we don't have the equivalent of that over here, I guess. Well, that was Dress Circle, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Theatre Shop are here and they are doing things. And you can do these kind of like gift sets where you buy a box and it's like random things are inside it and you know the shows are going to be. I love a mystery box. That's quite exciting. So um, yeah, go, go and check them out. But now it's time for some show talk. And this week the first thing that i watched was the color purple um so lester curve have brought back their 2019 production of the musical if anyone doesn't know what it's about i mean where have you been but it is set in a racially divided southern america and it's it follows this character Celie, and i don't want to give anything away if you don't know what it's about go and watch it but it's a celebration of life a celebration of love and a strength to stand up for who you are and what you believe in and to watch it in these times i thought it was even more powerful what's your relationship like with the color purple Ryan? i haven't seen it ever no i'm really bad oh my god i know it very well like it's one of the soundtracks i'm very familiar with but i was about to buy tickets to watch the um let's curve on a saturday night and it sold out which is great but i forget that digital shows can sell out like it deserves to sell out for sure yeah Um, because i've got lots of friends in it as well and also i just i've heard amazing things and i have no doubt that it's like really well done i just haven't seen it because i'm a bad human basically well, no, you must, you must get it. It's funny, I love The Colour Purple for so many reasons. I think watching this production, this was obviously, like I said, based on The Curve's 2019 production, but it was a new kind of version of of, of that production. But firstly, it brought back so many memories of when I saw it with Cynthia Revo, they made a chocolate factory. I saw it there three times. And then I've, I saw it on Broadway a couple of years later and it transferred. And they, they were such special experiences for me but also this production and like I said to kind of watch it in what we're going through now to see this character overcome so much was just so moving and you forget I mean I I forgot when you think of the color purple you think of I'm here and you think of the that the title song which which happens at the end but so much happens in that story before you get there so when you just with Celie's going through all this hardship, everything she goes through with her sister and who she's married to and not seeing her kids and not knowing if they're alive and all everything she goes through is awful. So that moment, when you suddenly realise that you're getting to the moment when I'm here, it's about to happen, you I, I don't always remember, I felt a little bit sick. I was like, I can't, 
I was like, I, I can't do this. I can't watch it. It's such an, a ridiculous journey. And then you get to Miss Seeley's pants, which is one of the most exciting, riveting numbers, when it's again in context, so fierce. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it's just one of the most, one such, such a big, extraordinary journey to go on as an audience member. And I thought The Curve did it really, really well. There were some huge stands out. I mean, to Sean Williams as Seeley is really, really excellent and it's such a massive role. Um, but for me, the person that I could not take my eyes off and literally I saw her in a whole new light and I've loved her for years and years and years was Carly Mercedes Dyer. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is someone that I've seen in so many shows. She's not, her In the Frame episode is hilarious. I love her. Um, and she was about to be starring as Jane Seymour in Six and was just a neato Must Hide story. But on screen as Shug Avery, she is just stunning. Like the camera absolutely loves her and it's a phenomenal acting performance and obviously Sugar's is big kind of grand sexy exciting character and Carly does all of that I think she might be the the youngest Suge the last Suge that I saw was Jennifer Hudson on Broadway um like Carly Carly just did it in such an exciting way and like I said the camera is just obsessed with her every time she just got more and more stunning every time I saw her and her performance was next level her voice was absolutely glorious and it was one of the best performances I've seen for a long time. I really, really loved her. You need to work with her, Ryan. You need to do something. I'd love with her. to. Please. I'd love to. <clears throat> well, that she just choking up. But when I saw that she was Jane Seymour, I was also gassed. I was like, ah, that's a moment. She's watching all these people is having such a moment, you know, having been a swing and a dance captain and ensembles for she years. She paid her dues and done incredible. She's up. And, you know, she was always always stood out in every time I saw her in. But the last few years to see the stuff that she's done and just her getting stronger and stronger. A year ago I saw her as Anita in West Side and she was a fierce and powerful Anita. But this to see her show was next level. And I cannot wait to see what she does with Jane Seymour in Six because that is totally with all these roles she's done she's just proving how versatile she is and how she can take on these different things but that was really exciting but yeah the, the filming was beautiful it's kind of like semi-staged um, but you're fully swept along on the journey and The Colour Purple is such a special show and I think it's actually a really important important one to watch. I was gutted when I missed this production back in 2019. So I'm so happy that The Curve have been able to pull this production together. I mean, I don't know how the cast did it and how the creative team did it under such tight restrictions to have all those people there and to keep everyone safe. I'm sure it was a mammoth task. And during the final number, the company just literally were just walking around and they were, the tears were falling off of them they were all an absolute mess i do not know how they got through it it was so emotional and so powerful and i think every single one of them is very 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 special it's clearly a very special bunch of people and can you imagine having that kind of experience anytime would be emotional but to have it in these times when you know you're yeah. watching all this hardship and then being able to watch it back as well i was very very moved by this show and you must 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 watch it everyone must watch it oh well i'll watch it this week you convince me <laughs> done well the color purple is streaming online with set performance times until sunday the 7th of march and you can visit curveonline.co.uk for tickets the other show that i watched was this little thing called the secret society of leading ladies <laughs> 
Look. <laughs> the switch. The switch from Colour Purple Secret Society. You're like, oh yeah, no, no. It was so lovely. I haven't been watching. In January, I didn't watch that much stuff. There wasn't really a lot on, was there? I was having a month away from the podcast. There wasn't much happening, I think, because we were going back from having stuff socially distanced in real life to yeah. streams online. So, and it was also kind of, I felt like I needed a bit of a break. But actually, then when I got back to Colour Purple and then watched Secret Society and I watched a the theatre channel on the same night as Secret Society. And I was ecstatic to be watching stuff again it got me so hyped and so excited and I was like okay yeah I've missed this I need this and it got me so it got me so excited to be back doing the Western Frame show as well so yeah Secret Society we discussed it's a very clever concept and I have to say it whilst watching it it gave me it gave me I'm glad to think that here that you're considering doing using that concept further because it got me thinking about oh my god you could do this and you could do that and like the audience could, t- and it, it's a, such a clever and unique concept, and we have truly never seen anything like it in theatre. And I think I know, like you've been saying, how you know you cannot recreate what can happen in a theatre at home. So why not do something that you cannot really do in a theatre at home to give audiences that kind of special bit or something, a kind of a treat? And I think this has been pulled off perfectly but that aside I mean these performances are next level phenomenal and I think people I don't know I don't know how anyone could just watch it once and just get the single ticket because you'd be missing out on so many incredible performances yeah you would and also I don't think you can truly appreciate the entire experience as well of choosing unless you do it a couple of times because you know even having like the second time I had Claudia opening with um, fabulous baby from Sister Act and that was like such a party atmosphere versus hearing JJ sing I didn't plan it it was just very different vibes it was a very different kind of like journey to be taken on you know one time it was like oh okay fierce amazing second time it's like oh my god we're up having a party living our best lives um, and I'm here for that it's really interesting actually to to see Thank how you. it came together it's definitely my hope that people watch it a few times but then also like I feel like I think the single ticket is like a tenner. So then I'm like, I'm also confident that like if you just watch it once, you're still getting a really good show. Absolutely. But then, you know, it, interactiveness aside, like it's even if it was just 14 women like singing on stage, their performances are also incredible and also warrant mm. all the ticket money. I, you know, one of my things is like it has to be like, you know, people's money is tough these days. And like if I'm going to ask someone to part with it for whatever reason, I need to know that like it's worth it. So, you know, the fact that there's 150 versions of this concert. I feel like it justifies a £15 ticket. It's like a mm. pound per option if yeah. you work through all of them. Totally. And I also guess that there's like plenty of very opinionated theatre fans out there who like certain material and don't like other material. So this is, I did, they can literally just, what? You know, I guess we all, go, we all go to concerts and we're like, oh, I don't like this song. Yeah. Or like you wish you could skip one. <laughs> and now you don't even have to watch it. In this concert, you literally do not need to, what? You don't like Waitress? Guess what? You don't need to watch the Waitress number. I mean... Yeah you're missing out but also you don't you know you don't like Sondheim you don't need to watch the Sondheim number but again please watch the Sondheim number because <laughs> Aisha Jawando is absolutely next level insane as the witch performing the last midnight that was one of Ridiculous. my absolute highlights I mean it was just that's not a word I can't think of a word to describe it it was so alluring and exciting and her acting is phenomenal and um, what I was saying is you know we've seen her on the BBC One musical show recently 
we've seen her in various things popping up and you know uh, showcasing exquisite vocals but here it was so exciting to see a different side of her talents as in a different side of her acting ability and her acting through song and it was so the whole thing was so enticing and you know she's like I said she just she just drew us all in totally and cast us under her spell literally and her eyelashes were stunning and um it was a wonderful performance she is incredible kayla carter friend of the podcast your sister was yeah, she's around she i love can i do you mind me giving some spoilers so she did some yeah, of the rainbow and was absolutely stunning and what i liked i think a few people did this actually is that they sang the song very true to how it's written to the original and then kind of towards the end we just like threw a little a little something at it so what Kaya does with the end of that song she did it so legit and so beautifully and at the end she kind of sprinkled a little bit of magic dust over it and we screamed I screamed I could not believe it it was amazing and stunning and glorious and I was so here for it stunning vocal Claudia Karaoke I've mentioned but I just wish I saw her when she did Dolores and Sister Act. Mm-hmm. So gutted, never saw it. So to see her sing Fabulous Baby was just wonderful. She lights up the screen. Natalie Kasanga has the most stunning. Well, this she showcased again. I think here a different side of her voice, which I loved. I love that number from Fame. Um, out here on my own, it's glorious, and she just so effortlessly did it. And the Kingston we love, and then Kaylee McKnight. Oh my goodness, I. Uh, you need to wear a seatbelt if you're going to watch this because literally <laughs> I need to be restrained. It was so <laughs> exquisite. It was, she sang Well Burn from Mean Girls and she's always said that she's, she sees herself as more of a Janice, more of in, in Mean Girls. And I think when she came on this podcast, I might have said, what role would you be? Because I imagine, maybe I said Regina, I can't remember. She's definitely said she's a Janice, but she, I think she is a Regina because... I have never heard anyone sing something so complicated and so challenging and make it look that effortless. easy and that yeah, yeah, yeah. effortless. It was. I it think is... she's one of the most underrated vocalists in the industry. I mean, she's not even underrated because people do know how amazing she is, but like maybe one of the most unknown. Like not everyone knows who she is, but people that know her know she's incredible. And she's um, also so lovely and so funny and so likable. And yeah. she really and she's is writing music now, which is cool. Such a special person. She's on TikTok, isn't she? She people you need you must go and check out Kelly McKnight. Listen to the West End Rave show with her, because that's a really funny episode as well. She riffs the opening, just like Ryan did today. Don't and, do that. Don't put me in the same category as Kelly McKnight. Um, that's rude. You're setting me up for failure. But it was an exquisite vocal. All of these people were wonderful. The closing, the number that brings it all together at the end is excellent as well. And it was a very clever concept it's something i think we should support and check out and like i said i cannot wait to see what you do with it in the future what you do with the whole concept thank you i have some ideas obviously i'll tell you my i'll tell you my ideas after oh go on yeah yeah sure um the secret society of leading ladies is streaming online until sunday the 7th of march you just need to visit barntheatre.org.uk for tickets um the last little kind of stagey nugget 
that I treated myself to. I actually watched this just before Secret Society was the theatre channel. So this is what the theatre cafe are doing. They're releasing episodes of the theatre channel. And this one was called The Classics of Broadway. And it had a great lineup. We had Freddie Fox. We had Gary Wilmot, Marisha Wallace, Bonnie Langford. And you've got the Cafe Four who do some kind of ensemble numbers and support the other numbers as well. And um, this is just so stagey. It is a stagey treat for people who are very, very, very stagey like me and who just want to see some really fun things. I mean, I did not realise how much I miss seeing Bonnie Langford, you know, having her leg <laughs> behind her head and doing all her crazy things that she can do and how much I needed to see Guy Wilmot singing Luck Be A Lady from Guys and Dolls. Um, but the moment that literally killed me was Marisha Wallace singing Somewhere from West Side Story on the National Theatre. I mean, she was literally kind of on the balcony and outside and the wind was flowing and it was the campest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And you know with Marisha, you're going to get a full-out performance. you get Marisha. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Emotional. She gives her all into every muscle in her face and body and she sold it i mean copies of that album tomorrow were literally flying off the shelves <laughs> as she sang it and she could feel it um and i literally did go and listen to it afterwards she is she there's something about marisha wallace that i could just watch her forever and never get bored she's so extra and so wonderful and you know what this is a this is a really perfect project for the theater cafe doing because the theater cafe they know their audience they know they attract the really stagey people they got a great lineup here and they were literally churning out the the staginess and and people were loving it other number that i was obsessed with sorry was maz murray doing everything's coming up roses i mean oh, iconic. what an iconic choice for her i know give it 10 years or so because or 20 years because she's still too young but she needs to play that role and i didn't realize how how much we need it but she literally is mama rose she is she was incredible um i love maz murray i just think she's so talented and i need more maz murray in my life um and yeah that was absolutely wonderful i'm totally here for the little bit of staginess i have a feeling some people listening to this podcast might need a little bit of staginess right now so go and check out the theater channel um this episode and all the previous episodes of the theater channel are available online from the UK. Um, Ryan, do you want to take on a super stagey question on the Western Frame Show? Do I want to take a stagey question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm scared. So I'm going to give you a time machine to escape okay. from <laughs> coronavirus and this hell uh-huh. world. And you can go back in time and you can go and watch one show any show that you've seen before that you want to see again and this show is gonna cool your soul it's gonna make you a little bit happier and provide you with some escapism what show would you go back and watch right now and why mm, that's a really tough question because like my first thought was like company but then i thought well actually that's not like I loved it, but that's not like I'm not gonna leave that being like, yeah, I love my life. I'll probably leave it be like, oh, yeah, you, need to <laughs> you need to be strategic. You need to think of something else. So now gonna I'm thinking, if you like. legally blonde. 
Yes. Mm. With who? With, mm. with what? Who was? Who was your Al? I don't think I can even tell you. I think I saw it before I was into theatre. Like uh, I say, before I was into theatre. I think I saw it at the Lice. Not the Lice. No, the Savoy. The Savoy. Yeah. So I might have seen Sheridan. I don't think I did see Sheridan. Sheridan, or it could have been Susan McFadden, or it could have been Carly Stenson. I mean, whoever I saw, they were amazing. And it clearly was before I had this kind of thing on my radar because I literally couldn't tell you who I saw. It was just pure joy. Maybe that because it's really fun. Oh, actually, you know, Sister Act as well. That's also really fun. It would have to be something of that quality, I think. Probably Sister Act at the Palladium. That was similar time as well. They were both on at the same time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, it would be one of those two because they're fun. And th- for me, that's escapism. Like, I know people are like, oh, why do we keep adapting movies into musicals? But like... I do really like them a lot of the time. It's nice when you already know the story. You, when well, you, it depends you know what's as happening. well how they're adapted. Legally Blonde and Sister Act are two musicals, which are musicals in their own right, because they've been adapted. Yeah, the material stands strong in its own, you know, in its own way, and that's what you need. Legally Blonde is one of the most clever musicals I think written in recent times. I think it's it's literally one of my favorite favorite ever shows. Like I feel like I'd probably have a similar opinion on Mean Girls when that comes over. Like, because you know what else? Shrek. I love Shrek. I think I love them all. I love Shrek and I love Because also they're films that I think I watched as a kid. I, I loved them then I saw the adaptation. Whereas I feel like some people nowadays know the musical before they know the movie. Especially yeah. some young stage audiences. And now we're seeing this new trend happening of when then the musical is then adapted yeah. into a musical film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those three, Shrek, Sister Act and Legally Blonde. I want them back. I want <laughs> them back now. Have a word. I love Shrek. <laughs> there's a Shrek song in Secret Society. In fact, you need to watch it because there's also something that happens in that that doesn't happen in anything else. Okay. So you need to watch that particular I need to watch that. Um, thank you so much for doing this today, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you on social media? Um, <laughs> why did that throw me so much? You know what? Tangent. That question is always at the end of an interview and I always forget. And I never know the answer. And I actually do know the answer, but for some reason something happens where I forget. You just right. freeze, yeah. I am on Instagram as Ryan Jesse 95 and I'm on Twitter as underscore Ryan Jesse and the other one which I've been telling people now recently I love LinkedIn I am a LinkedIn person now so that's fun that's what's changed since the last interview I am now a businessman yes it's like a really elevated business version of Tinder do you know what I mean it's like are we gonna match up oh, yeah great now we're connections do I know you no I'm gonna pretend we do why did you add me I have no idea but like fun to have a connection that's a question. Where, is, where does the Jesse come from? Is it your middle name? Jesse's my middle name, yeah. And Carter's my mum's maiden name. So my government name will not be discussed on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, okay. it's out there. Like, it's not hard to find, but like, you know, I call it my government name and it's a well, That's all we need to know. Um, <laughs> and everyone, don't forget, the Secret Society of Leading Ladies is streaming online until Sunday, the 7th of March. And you just need to visit barntheatre.org.uk for tickets. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the West End Frame Show. So lovely to be back. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave an Apple podcast rating and review. We always love hearing from you. So make sure you follow West End Frame on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And a new series of our interviews podcast, In The Frame, is underway. Make sure you check out my conversations with Matt Croak, Sharon Rose, Blake Patrick Anderson, and Nikki Bentley and Lauren Byrne. Um, And this Friday, Waylon Jacobs will be In The Frame. And I'll be back next week for another stagey catch-up. Yay! (laughs) 